And I pray that we're all attentive enough to hear what God has for each and every one of us. For each person here, God has a purpose and a plan. He has a reason why you're in here today. You're alive and breathing. He has a reason why he's allowed your feet to come into this sanctuary. He's always working, the Bible says. He's always at work and never falters. He is the creator, the ancient of days, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the all-knowing, all-sufficient, all-powerful God. I pray that we all remain in his spirit and in what he's about to do today. As we learn about the heart of devotion, the Bible says a broken and a contrite heart, God will not reject. I would like to call up now Sister Remy. As she shares with us, please give her a hand as she shares with us on the heart of devotion. Amen. Let's just have a quick word of prayer. Father, Lord, we worship you. We glorify your holy name. God, we thank you that we're here in your presence today, Lord. Lord, we know that in your house, there's no other better place to be but in your house. Holy Spirit, we ask, oh God, that even as you share your word, that let it bring, Lord God, understanding. Let it transform us, Lord, into your image, oh God. Holy Spirit, we ask that you take control. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We can have our seats. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a privilege for me to be here to share with you this evening. I don't take it lightly. And I just want to encourage every one of us youth. It might be you next year. Yes, I'm looking at you. It might be you next year. And the theme of our convention this year is I am devoted. Can we say I am devoted? Say I am devoted. Amen. When we talk about I am devoted... Devoted to what? Obviously, as youth as Christ, we are devoted to Jesus. Our main theme for our youth convention theme is taken from the book of First Chronicles, chapter 28, verse 9. That's First Chronicles, chapter 28, verse 9. I'd like us to read this word together. After the count of three, one, two, three. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Amen. What is it to have a willing mind? A willing mind is having a conscious, a conscious heart that wants to serve God, regardless of what life journeys throws our way. Very shortly now, we're going to show you a quick link, a quick video, that shows you three men of God, just like you and I, who faced a lot of persecution in their time, but they refused to bow down. They devoted themselves to serving God. And we're going to watch that clip now. You ready?
cannot. I will not worship that. We follow you. Bow your heads! Seek your presence. Fill my heart, I follow you. I fear you. I seek your presence. Bring them! Oh, my friends, your faith will be tested now. Daniel! What's wrong with them? Why will your friends not bow to me? I assure you, sire, they will serve you faithfully. All their lives, as I will, but... But they will only worship God. I will make them bow. When we wish to bend something that is hard and unyielding, what do we do with it? We put it into the fire. Take him. And we seek your presence. Burn them. Burn them. Bring oil. The grave consumes me. Do not ignore my tears. I'm overcome by sorrow. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, save me! My enemies will be killed. They will turn back in shame. Oh, my God. 
people of Juno Christ. God is with us. He's with us. God is with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know how we felt watching that film, but just like you and I in this generation, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were youth like you and I. There we see a true devotion to God that even in the midst of persecution, they refused to bow down to the graven image. The reason why I wanted us to watch that video is so that we could see it vividly I mean, amongst all those people, they weren't afraid to stand up for what was right. As youth, at times we feel like God is so difficult to serve you in this age and time. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what is it that this world is asking you to bow down to? Okay, I want a show of hands. How many of us have been on Facebook today? We're in the house of God, be honest. How many of us have been on Instagram today? Checked our likes, 200 likes. How many of us have been on Snapchat today? Okay. How many of us has Twittered today? All right. I thought so. How many of us read our Bibles today? Be honest, you're in the house of the Lord. Okay. Let's go back to that scripture that we started with. First Chronicles 28 verse 9 says, And you, my Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. I just want to talk about how we can serve God with a willing mind. We're talking about I am devoted. As Christians, we need to serve God with a willing mind. The Bible says that our religion has to, be, it has to surpass the religion of the Pharisee. So, I just, I was reflecting today and I said, at times, those of us coming to church, we think that I'm devoted to God because, you know, I'm coming to church. I don't miss every service. But I noticed something. Some of us, through apathy, we turn away from God. If you are sitting there right now and you can say, I used to be in the choir. I used to be an usher. I used to come to Tuesday Bible study. I used to come to Wednesday, Wednesday Bible study. Then that's the stage of apathy. What are you doing now? You see, sometimes the devil gets us to a place where we feel comfortable but that's a place of deceit right there. How many of us have graduated? Can I have a show of hands? Okay. And
And when we graduated, did it take a lot of effort? It did take a lot of effort. Did it take a lot of effort? Okay. So when it talks about a willing mind, that means we must be willing in our devotion to God. That means the hour of prayer, 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 12 a.m., we must be there praying. That means if there's Bible study, we must be there. That means if there's youth fellowship on Saturday, we must be there. That is what it is to serve God with a willing mind. Can we go to Daniel chapter 6, please? From verse 10, please. Daniel chapter 6 from verse 10. Okay. Now it says, When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Next verse, please. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Next verse, please. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Next verse, please. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah pays no attention to your king or to decree you put in writing? He still prays three times a day. Next verse, please. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed and he was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then if we move to verse 16, please. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continue to rescue you. How many of us here, if they gave a decree in this land and said, if you are found worshipping God, we're going to take you to prison. How many of us would still worship God? Okay, that's very easy to say. Because we're living in the end times now. It's happening. In America, a pastor got jailed. You see, to be devoted to Christ, that means you need to devote yourself until you can die for that thing. What you can die for is what you're devoted to. If you cannot see yourself dying for something, then you're not devoted. I want us all to close our eyes just for a minute. Can we close our eyes, please? Okay, we can open our eyes. One day, our eyes will shut forever. And that will be it. The Bible says, it is appointed unto man to die once and after that judgment. Serving God with a willing heart means dying for something. If you cannot have confidence in your heart sitting down there that if I die today, I will meet my Savior, then we need to question our walk with God. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had gone past the place of 
fearing death. Because they knew that they served the resurrection and the life. The Bible says in John 1.12 that do we not know that we are sons of God? When we talk about I am devoted, I am devoted to the point of death. Amen. I know we probably don't want to hear this this evening, but this is the truth. I have a story to share with us, and I'll be very quick. You see, as young women and young men of God, the Bible says, remember the the Lord your God in the day of your youth, so the day will not come where I said I had no pleasure in them. The Bible speaks of a boy. His name was Josiah. He ruled the kingdom at eight years old. I don't know if there's anyone in this house who was 10, who was 12. God can use you. Apostle spoke to us this week saying, Jesus Christ, he taught the teachers at 12. Even Apostle himself told us, when he was 12 years old, he went to his mother's house and he took the idol. If you are 12 in this house, God is calling you. God is in need of you. Okay. I'm going to share with you a story about a young girl. She was a young girl like you and I. She lived in Nigeria. Unfortunately, she was living in a part of Nigeria where there was a lot of terrorism. And a group that we all know called Boko Haram, got hold of her. And they said, deny Jesus Christ. She refused to deny Jesus Christ. They stoned her. She still refused to deny Jesus Christ. They buried her alive. She still refused to deny Jesus Christ. They stoned her till she died. She still refused to deny Jesus Christ. When her father learned of her death, he said, I'm proud of my daughter. Because even in death, she defended the faith. That is what it is to be devoted to Christ. Where death cannot scare you because you know you're transcending to a place that is far greater than the things of this world. In John chapter 4, in Matthew chapter 4, can we turn to Matthew chapter 4? Please. Can we go to verse 11, please? Right, this is when Jesus Christ was brought into the wilderness. Let's start from verse 8, please. It says, Then the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Next verse, please. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Next verse. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Next verse, please. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. The kingdoms of the world take many forms. The kingdoms of the world are represented in the music we listen to as youths. The kingdom of the world is represented in the fashion that we follow as youths. The kingdom of the world is represented in the relationships we keep as youths. You might say, what am I talking about? The Bible declares that the prince of the world, the prince of the air, rules the kingdom of this world. Can I get into your car, and you don't have to change your CD quickly? 
because you've got Kirk Franklin next to Jill Scott. Hmm? If I come to your uni without telling you that I'm visiting, do you have a wardrobe, uni clothes, and a wardrobe, clothes for church? Can I go on your Facebook page and check your Facebook page and see pictures that you won't want me to see? If I'm speaking to you right now, we've got to think about our devotion to God. It's better not to have 200 likes on Instagram and go to hell than not have a place in the book of life. Youth, these are the end times and we need to walk with God. Salvation is personal. These are the end times and we need to walk with God. The Bible says he has given us what we need for life and godliness. You might say, well, I'm a youth, I'm young. When I'm older, I will serve the Lord. You might not live to a long age to to serve. The Bible says, yes, that God will bless us with long life. I lost a cousin two weeks ago who died to asthma. He thought he would still be here. What am I saying? The Bible says, work now while it is day, for night comes when no man can work. If you are a youth and you're on holiday, and you say, well, I'm bored, I'm distracted, I have nothing to do with my time. On Monday, come for six o'clock prayer. On Tuesday, go to Bible study. On Wednesday, come to cathedral Bible study. On Thursday, come for six o'clock prayer. On Wednesday morning, go for prayer pillow shillers. On Friday, come for power night. On Saturday, go for evangelism. There is a lot of work to do. You see, when we die, we will give an account unto the Lord. The Bible says, whoever loses his life saves it. You see, we are dead men walking. This life is fading away. The Bible says, as the flowers fade away, so the glory of man fades away. But he said, the things which are eternal are not seen, and that is the seat in heaven. I implore us as youth to be devoted. And our parents that are here, we thank you for coming. Continue to encourage us in the way of the Lord. And I just want to say to our young people, to be devoted to God means paying attention to every letter of the word of God. It means honor your mother and father in the Lord. So when our parents tell us the ways to go in the Lord, it's not because they want to cut our fun. I've been there. You know, I've, I've tried to go to a club before, but I don't know. God has always not allowed me. My mom would say, no, you have to come for prayer to me. She'll spoil my plan. And I just want to talk to people in uni, because sometimes when we are isolated, that's when the devil comes. I went to uni many years ago, and I was a loner for a whole year because I refused to go clubbing. Some of us are going to be going to uni this September. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, stand for God. Do not compromise. You might say, well, there's no church for me to go to. Get apostles teaching. Call your friends. Start the church in your room. Stay devoted to God. And I just want us to watch one closing clip as we end. I may have sounded a bit harsh this evening, but God wants all our hearts. What are the benefits of devotion to God? If you noticed, because Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did not die down, bow down for the image. What happened at the end? Can someone tell me? What happened? Jesus Christ appeared. Jesus Christ appeared before time. 
And the king was the one who saw Jesus Christ. He said, is that not a third person? And there was only three, fourth person. There was only three that was thrown in. Who revealed that that was Jesus to the king? When we are devoted to God, the Bible says, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is upon you. For your light has come. And it goes on to say, nations will come to your horizon. Kings will come. Through the devotion of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, Nebuchadnezzar declared that the people should serve the God they serve. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Through Esther, it says that they grew in the fear for the Jews and that nation received God. Even Daniel, when he refused not to pay tribute to the statues that they shouldn't worship God, the king set a decree that everyone should worship the God that Daniel served. So when we are devoted to God, what happens? We have a harvest. The Bible said, if my people who are called by my name, if my people, the youth in the church, the children of God in the church, who are called by my name would humble themselves and turn from their wicked way, I will heal the land. God says he will bring nations. So I'm speaking to every youth in the house. God is in need of you. He is in need of you. He wants all your heart. And this theme is called, I am devoted. Can we say it together? I am devoted. Devoted to who? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. To Jesus. Tomorrow, we will watch the video of that girl who was arrested by Boko Haram. And while the Boko Haram said everybody should, should denounce Jesus, she refused to. And how they dug the grave, how they put her in the grave, and how they started stoning her head until she died, I will show it to you. Every one of you need to see it. To be able to evaluate yourself because she's a young girl, just like many of you youths. So that you can be able to evaluate yourself and the older ones will challenge their faith. If we intend to go to the same heaven that this girl went, then God does not demand anything less from you. You know, they showed you the theme or video of Daniel. But I want to show all of you about Daniel. What is the beginning of Daniel that brought Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel to become cabinet ministers? That action that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did did not only cause the nation to accept their God, but it also caused the king to appoint them as cabinet ministers. These children, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, they went into Babylon as slaves, not citizens. Just like some of these not exactly, but it's similar to this issue of refugees that we are seeing in England. Some of them 
do not understand English. And while they were trying to interview them, they couldn't communicate because they couldn't understand English. They were victims of circumstances and they found themselves displaced in their own land and they had to escape to another land they know not. One of them that entered England was asking, where am I? And he has to be told that you are now in London. Similarly, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego you read about did not know where they were. They found themselves in Babylon. But how could somebody be a foreigner in a country and grow as a young man to become a ruler? What can make a man who is totally foreigner? What can a man do who is a foreigner in the country and he become the think tank of that nation? And the nation could not take decision without him. If we look at the book of Daniel chapter 1, I read this to you very quickly. This is not my message for today. I just want to help you understand what you watched. It says in verse 3, The king... Then the king ordered Asaph, chief of his court official, Aspadas, king of court official, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defects. I want to look at this resume. Young men who are natural. Not funny looking. Understand? I told you before, you know, and I think I said it yesterday, the way you physically appear tells about this, the, the class of a person you are, whether you should be respected by society or you should be derogated by society. If you follow gangs and you have hairstyle of prisoners, people who are free from prison, and you put on your trouser like the gangs from the prison, when a policeman sees you, you are condemned. You are guilty until proved not guilty. In the area of stop and search, you will be the first victim. I, your pastor, am among the few leaders, black leaders in this country who have sat with the government several times and the police force to look at this issue. And we were told, tell your folks, if you appear like a gangster, you are most likely, it is most uh, probably for the police, probably for them to stop and search you. Whereas if you are a young colored man and you appear like a gentle, reasonable person, it is most probably they will not search you. Those who are searching have the right to do so. And if you look suspicious, they have the right to treat you like a victim until proved not guilty. And the only thing you can receive after clearance is, I'm sorry. And you can't get more than that. You will not be able to prove yourself 
not guilty if you carry the appearance of a guilty person. The same thing if you go for interviews and you appear like a relegate. You will not be considered because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Whenever people in authority look for a person or people who are rich or people who are successful, look for a person that they can relate with and they can help to come up. Your appearance tells first. Same thing with women. If you appear like a prostitute, they will believe you are irresponsible. Forget about your degrees that you have because your degrees don't count in interview. First in his appearance, once you are down, no matter what good talk you say, you have stood a chance of missing destiny. So therefore, when the king asked that people should be picked for destiny, he said the first thing they should look at is the appearance. Physical defect, nothing. Handsome. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Intelligent. Well informed. Quick to understand. And quality, qualified to serve in the king's palace. You cannot serve in the king's palace if you look like a ragamuffin. If you are a dirty person, you cannot serve in king's palace. If you, are, if you don't have etiquette, you cannot serve in king's palace. If you are a rude person, you cannot serve in king's palace. If you are not a honorable, respectable person, who respect people when you see them, you cannot serve in king's palace. You must appear a complete, gentle, responsible, and reasonable human being. These qualities are qualities of somebody who has the virtue of God inwardly. If someone says to you that, it doesn't matter how I look as long as I'm born again. This is the fact. You are not born again yet. Because salvation is a transformation of insight that reflects from, you know, on the outside. Jesus in the inside, walking on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. If you look at everyone, this week we are going to go through young people who ruled over nations and you will discover one thing with them. These children who became men and then, you know, when you talk about Solomon, you look like a young boy, but when you look at Solomon, eventually he became 70-something before he died. And the record you read about him spanned from his very young age to the period of 70s. So we are not talking about just young people here. We are talking about old people as well. Your, your physical appearance has to do with your acceptance in society. Your physical appearance has to do with who others can think you are. And what others think you are. You need it to become anything good on earth. Obviously, if you appear unsensibly, you will attract crooks also. 
Boys in gang cannot go to a reasonable looking boy and ask him to join gang. They must find some similarity between you and them for them to be attracted to you. Also, demons don't just attack human beings unless you have some similarities with them. In other words, anything they have instituted, if you adopt it either ignorantly or consciously, then you are a victim of evil spirits. Anyone who is a child of God lives a holy life. A holy life is a life of virtue inside to the outside for him to command the authority. You need to understand that these boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, went into slavery at the age of 13 and 12. They were very, very young. But yet, when the king gave his statistics of people to be selected, they were qualified. This generation is not more complex than any generation that has been. Human has always been human. The difference between this generation and generation of uh, it, uh, 18 something is that technologically we are more advanced. But human behavior was programmed in the 80s. And the programming of the human behavior is what is still used till today. Because those period of 80s and early 90s, they were the period of the knowledge discovered. This season that we are is the season of knowledge used. You need to know this. But let me show you something again about this, this folks. The Bible says the young men must have aptitude to learn. They are not one who spend their time on Facebook reading nonsense. Anything that will attract them must be academic. They came into Babylon. They never knew that an opportunity will arise for them to serve in the authority. But since they came into Babylon, they recognized they do not understand the Babylonian language. So, they educated themselves in Babylonian writing. They didn't have their father or their mother with them because they were slaves. Alright? They educated themselves in Babylonian history. And they began to develop themselves in Babylonian knowledge, literature. So that when the time came that vacancies came to serve in the king's palace, they were qualified. They don't have to pray for success. Because they already prepared for success. I have told every one of you, those of you especially that were born here and you grew up here, or if you are brought here as a young person, you will never have a better country on earth than the United Kingdom when it comes to developing your skill to any level in life. This is the city of knowledge. It is the origin of knowledge that transforms the whole world. And any one of you who are Christians, the only good thing you can do for yourself, if you are truly born again, is to equip yourself with the knowledge of the land so that you are not, you are not an inferior person when you talk with other, others who are your colleagues who have extensive knowledge. I want to see judges raised among you who will be high court judges, supreme court judges at a very young age, of course. I want to see doctors raised among you 
who will rule over the decision of Medical Council of Great Britain. I want to see engineers who will become the directors or executive of Institute of Chartered Engineers. In any career or field that you go, I want to see you in the steering wheel of it, in the decision making of it. At a young age, you can, you have all the privileges to be, you have all the opportunities to be. Read, extend your horizon, extend your knowledge. Don't engage yourself with any useless knowledge that will not add value to your life. So that one day this nation will say to Apostle Williams, we need a child from your church to be a member of parliament and I can say you go and you are qualified. A lot of things that people call discrimination in this country, I, I do not agree with it. When people are playing over their life, play away their life, and they are not qualified, and then they are rejected, they begin to, to, to complain and say they are being discriminated against. For you to say you are being discriminated against, you must be more double qualified than an ordinary person because you are a child of God. If you equip yourself with knowledge and intelligence of this nation, they will seek after you. Even you will reject it. They will beg you to come and, and rule over them. This is the word of the Lord. If God is God, which we know he is, and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, why should Christians be taking the crumbs that fall from the table in the economy of nation or in the politics of nation? We are not supposed to be. We are supposed to be the ruler of the nation. We are supposed to be the rich people controlling the wealth of the nation. We are supposed to be the one controlling the intelligence of the nation. This is what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. They equipped themselves with the knowledge of the land so that when the time came for opportunity, there is no, they don't have a, a double. No one in the land can outdo them. Ask them about Israel, they have full information. Ask them about Babylon, they have complete information about Babylon. So intelligent boys. No wonder God could rely on them. I want you to question yourself today. At your level, should God decide to appoint men and women who will be put in rulership in Great Britain? Are you qualified? Put the spirit aside. If you are spiritual, then you must be academical. The Holy Spirit helps man to seek knowledge because it develops innovation in man. The more you are full with the spirit, the more innovative you will be. The more innovative you are, the more prepared for tomorrow you are. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. So we recognize the Bible says, informed, quick to understanding, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. I love it. <laughs> Make me proud if you belong to this house. I will say this to you all now. None of you should come to apostle, you know, is a rule. With first degree is the beginning of learning. When you finish your first degree, they give you BA. Begin again. Okay? Where you have BA, it is a paper to begin education. In whatever career you are, 
you must make sure you have a master's degree first. If you get employment with BA, good. But continue to read. Look at every professional institution associated with your career. Register there. Read what is necessary. Qualify there at a young age. Because the older you get, having qualified, then the higher you go in professionalism till you become a fellow member. When you have finished your studies and you have finished your master's degree, don't stop there. Watch the tide in the, you know, career. And look at other careers complementary to your career that you can add to what you have to become better in five years. When you enter any organization, your target is to become the CEO of that organization. From the day you get employment, investigate what makes that CEO, CEO of that institution. When you have understand how he got there, all what he did to get there, then look at what you are and begin to add knowledge to yourself. Begin to add knowledge to yourself. Then you make God proud. God don't like lazy Christians. God cannot rely on lazy Christians. Neither can he use lazy Christians. Jesus was not lazy. He said in the book of John, My father has been working till today, till now, and the son is working on us. Do not accept anyone to tell you that you cannot make it in life. If there is a will, there is a way. Let me say this to you. Maybe you are past, you are now in your 20s, and you haven't got anything at all. And someone says to you, I don't bother to go into academics, it's not going to come into your head. Let me tell you, this is my principle. Say after me, man write it, man read it, man pass it. Are we together? Say again, man write it, man know it, and man pass it. You write, you read, you pass. If man wrote the book, then you read the book, you are a man. And then you will pass the book, you are a man. If man wrote it, man read it, man pass it. You are just reading what somebody read, what somebody wrote. It is not demons that wrote it. Neither are they angels. No matter how voluminous the book is, don't be intimidated. One page a day, you will finish 300 pages in a year. Listen to me, therefore. Every one of you should have a high ambition. If you are born of God, and God is the highest, every child looks like their father. I we together now. Do not take a failure for a quit. It is another opportunity to learn, to improve. Do it again. Do it again. Let every career know that you have not come to be intimidated. Let any career you turn to recognize that. What, if this man turns to us, he will know us. He will understand. He will capture us. Because we will never take no for an answer. Read, 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 read till you die. That is what happened to this man. But let me show you something more. If you look at verse, verse 8...
It says, but Daniel resolved not to defy himself with the royal food and wine. Every one of you must decide not to defile yourself. Anything that can defile you, don't do it. Anything that can bring shame to you, to God, to your church, to your parents, to your friends, to family, just don't do it. You don't have right to create sorrow for yourself when you have all the days to be happy, doing good things. Am I talking? Am I talking to you? All right now. What is the reward of such? If a man decides not to defile himself, what will be the reward? Look at the reward right thereafter. Verse 9. Now, God had caused the officials to show what? Favor and sympathy to Daniel. God will invoke favor and sympathy on you if you can be faithful. They are looking for you in Buckingham Palace. The queen wants to honor you. But you have to be qualified. And you can be qualified. Sitting among you are people who have great ideas which you have not implemented. After this convention, everybody who have idea we will meet. And those ideas that you have and inspiration will work it out. Somebody say amen. amen. It is working. Parliament is looking for you. The banks are looking for you. Every problem that faces England, solution is in the church. And you are the solution. I cannot hear you, ma'am. Secondly, what reward do you get? Look at verse 17. I've told you favor and sympathy before everybody. All the issues are my, my lecturer hates me. My lecturer don't like me. Forget about it. If you serve God well, you will have favor. I can't hear you. Look at verse 17. To those four young men, God gave what? Okay, now we are going to read that together. Shall we read it together? I want to go. How many of you want knowledge from God? You want knowledge from God? Don't defy yourself. Study. God cannot give knowledge to a person who does not have attitude to study. Because or else God will be wasting his resources. The moment a person begins to have the art to study, and you know it begins from the word of God. These folks read the Bible back and front. They know the God of Israel. From that, then it extended to academics, current affairs, history, science, everything. They knew it. And any career they study, any, any field they study, they become genius in it. Because, verse 17, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds, which is spiritual. You know, when I pray for children that they bring to the altar, 
or whenever I'm anointing children, you know, I always pray and say that, Lord, let Daniel 1.17 be fulfilled over them. Have you heard me say that recently? Now you know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But for God to fulfill that, you must have aptitude to learn. Someone says that book does not enter my head. If book doesn't enter your head, chew it. It will enter your belly. Hallelujah. What is the principle of learning? Huh? Which scripture gives you the principle of learning? <laughs> what? Joshua 1, 8. That is almighty formula of learning. This book of the law from your mouth you shall be careful to do aha uh-huh. so you meditate on it day and night and be careful so this book of literature this book of history this book of philosophy this book of mathematics this book of physics this book of chemistry this book of politics this book of jurisprudence this book of criminal law this book of accountancy this book of economics, this book of engineering must not depart from your mouth. Any book you read, repeat it and speak it. Meditate upon what you have read after reading. Don't read and get up and run away. You are like somebody who didn't read nothing. When you finish reading, stop. Meditate. Selah. Meditate. Regurgitate all what you have read. And then look for life application to apply all the principles that you read that you, re- you remember. The ones you can't remember, go back to it again. That's what the Bible says. The principle of learning. Joshua 1, 8. So, tonight therefore, I will not preach any longer. I want to minister to you. But tomorrow... I'm going to take off from what I want to teach you tonight. It is what you discussed tonight. Sister Remy provoked this one that I just shared with you. But you learned some things tonight, haven't you? With God, all things are possible. And all things are possible for those who obey. But tomorrow I'm going to go into your scripture, which is First Chronicles 28. I want everyone to read First Chronicles 28 before coming tomorrow. I have a message for fathers. I will begin tomorrow by talking to fathers from that scripture. Then I will talk to the children, the youths. If you still have a father, even if you are at the age of 50 and your father is still alive, I will talk to you. Of course, I expect you at 50 to have had children too. So I will talk to you as a father to your children. Then I will talk to you as a son to your father. And I will talk to you, all the church, as my own children and I, your spiritual father. We will look at some principles here that will blow your mind off. We have the whole world in our hands. There is nothing under this earth that God has not given to us. The Bible says God's divine power has given us everything we need for life 
and for godliness through our knowledge of him who called us. And so tomorrow we are going to be looking at the charge of the end of, the, of um, David, the charge that David gave, the works that David did, and what he instructed his son, and what, what the conditions for the success is, and how did the son carry on after the death of the father. And we'll look at how God keeps covenants, if you also can keep your bargain. Every covenant of God has a condition. You know, I was talking to my leaders yesterday. I pleaded with them and the whole church too, who are parents, that don't spare your children when it comes to the truth. If you think they can work it out as you could not without your guardian, the guardian of your father, they cannot. Really, it's more, more dangerous for you to really know the truth today. Because there's so much lies and counterfeits flying about. Satan set up several things to waste lives of people. And unless parents recognize their own position and take their position firmly, you will not help your child. And when the child gets to the age of 13, onwards to about the age of 23, 24, 25 really, they always think that they know many things, they can do many things. And if you fail in your duty as a parent within that age, once they pass 18, 19, and you have failed, forget it. You may not recover them till death. And I will help you understand also how the elements that work together to hinder and the elements that work together to enhance what God is saying. We are in a complex world. All things you are looking at is spiritual, but also it has a human face of it. And we can still redeem the days now. We want to go to our grave happy. Isn't it? I'm sure that none of you young men or women want to be married and your father is still feeding you. How many people like that? Aha. So when you are married, you want to be feeding yourself, isn't it? And you want to be able to feed your parents when you are married. You, you don't want to be a grown-up who cannot have enough to go and give your parents haven't your parents given back to you, clothe you, bath you, train you, feed you, till you graduate? Spend money on your school, make sure you are a human being. And then when you get married, you are struggling, you cannot have enough to go and give them. That's not good. It's not a good life, isn't it? Come on now, answer me. I can't hear you. I've been hearing you say, oh, before you know more who. Your break is now loose, hallelujah. You will be able to feed your parents. Out of abundance, you will help your parents. You will have more than enough so that when you are old, you too can. As they built house for you to live, you too will build house and say to them, go and be living here. As they have taken you to holiday, you too can send them for holidays. Come on, somebody say amen. The word I speak to you shall be manifest by the Father. That which I wish concerning you shall be your future. Shall we stand up together in the name of the Lord?